You're listening to the Disciple Community Podcast, sermons, teachings, and timely words from the Disciple Community Gathering at The Source Wichita in Wichita, Kansas. For more audio, video, and other resources for Christian growth and encouragement, visit thesourcewichita.com. I got invited to speak at a church. It's been a while, actually, since I've taught in another congregation or a different environment um, besides the podcast studio and here at the source at Disciple Community. So I got invited and I was really excited about it. And um, so essentially what I'm doing is uh, I always pray and say, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? And uh, the other night I actually got a moment to kind of um, press in and focus in. And that's kind of what tonight is talking about. It's talking about focus. And so um, I uh, I took some time and and kind of did what I know to do to to focus and to get into the presence of the Lord and direct my attention uh, my attention my gaze my focus there and I don't know if you're like me that you have something that you know that you can do and you just it's the door right and and the door isn't always a like a physical door that you walk through but for me it's putting myself in a position, um, being poised to listen, um, to hear. And so um, I did that. And so sure enough, I'm there and the Lord just gives me this. We call them downloads. We call it revelation. Call it, you know, just, he speaks and you actually listen. Um, <clears throat> so he kind of gave me this this teaching and uh, and so I'm going to share that with you, and it's something that I'll share at another church here in town pretty soon. But um, I titled this, Look to the Hills, or another version of the scripture here in Psalm 121 says mountains. And so we can call this, Look to the Mountains, or Look to the Hills. And just the entire premise behind this is focus. That I know, and you guys know, I've talked about this before, just being this very busy person all the time and running and going. And I just spent, you know, five minutes telling you all the things uh, before the recording came on, all the things I have to do and that I've been doing. And it's just like, ah, oh my gosh. Um, But the beautiful thing about relationship with the Father is that in a a moment, we we can turn and look. I mean, that's all it takes. Uh, I, I will probably quote Christine until I die because one time she taught and said, all we need to do is turn our time and our attention, right? And we turn our, our attention and we give our time to the Lord. And it just happens in a moment. So all you have to do, whether it's a closing of your eyes and taking a deep breath or going sitting in a corner or you know, sometimes I I, li- I listen to podcasts all the time. Every single day, if I'm in the car, I've got podcasts going. And just the other day, uh, I didn't have to go pick up the kids. Uh, I was able to leave from work and go straight to where I needed to go. And it's probably about a 15 and 20 minute drive. And so I kind of took the long road. I mean, it's it's not really out of the way, but it's more of a scenic route, I suppose. Uh, which is a long road to the highway and then the highway, but the long road was the scenic route. And I just turned the podcast stuff off, and I'm just like, windows down, and I'm like, all right, Lord, like, oh, I just need some silence, just need a moment. But all it took was me turning off the noise there for a second. Um, 
And so I think we, we've all been in a place before where we need to just slow down. And it's kind of what I talked about a couple of weeks ago, slowing down. It appears the Lord is continuing in the theme. And so, you know, praise to him. He's, you don't have to, I don't have to plan a series. He plans it for me, right? <laughs> so here we are. Psalm 121, 1 through 2. It says, it's a pretty famous psalm. It says, I lift my eyes towards the mountains. Another scripture or another version says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so I just want to talk about that real quick. And, and we've touched on this before, but I think it's just so powerful to consider what that actually means, the maker of heaven and earth. So we'll talk a little bit about what David is doing here when he talks about turning his eyes to the mountains. Where will my help come from? But let's kind of go to the end before we get to the beginning. My help come from, comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He's the maker of heaven and earth. He's the God that spoke creation, right? He, from his mouth came something. And we've talked about this before, this idea of ex nihilo. It means something from nothing, or it means out of nothing. And so where nothing was, God came and made something to be. And it was the power of his word that spoke that. And so out of, scripture also tells us in another place that, um, that, he, he, uh, that the stars essentially spewed from his mouth, that he breathed out galaxies. And that's just mind-boggling to me. It's, it, I, yeah, I mean, just God opened his mouth and just went, and then there's the Milky Way, right? There's the Andromeda, right? And we talked about before, like God opening his mouth and, and breathing out the universe, and the universe is ever expanding. It's a continual word that went forth. It's a continual power that cannot be stopped. Even the, the uttermost expanses of nothing cannot contain the continual power and vastness of what God spoke into motion. Like, wow, that's kind of mind-boggling, right? It's just continuing to expand. And there's, there's void beyond void that is continuing to be filled from when God spoke those galaxies into creation. Pretty amazing stuff. From his mouth came bursting forth light, life, galaxies, stars, quasars, and all the elements of the universe. And so we're reminded that all of the heavens de- declare God's glory. And that from the beginning, he made himself known through all created things. And so let me just kind of um, give a, a reference for that. Romans one twenty. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. How amazing is that? That since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his powers, divine nature have been clearly seen. So from the moment that he said, let there be, God brought into visible sight for man to understand and be able to see and know an invisible God. And so since creation, man has had the opportunity to know God even through the things that he's created. This is what Scripture is saying. And so the heavens declare the glory of God and and the earth and everything in it was made by him. We can look around and we can see all that has been made and we can find him in it all. And it's not that God is tabernacling 
among the mountains or in the rocks or in the sea, although his presence is everywhere. It's not as though he's tabernacled there, but it's as though he's put his signature on all of those things so that we see a bit of his glory in everything that we we look at. Um, Here in a couple of weeks, actually next weekend, I'll be in Colorado with my buddy Casey, and we're going to... We're going to do uh, camping and hiking. <laughs> I'm going to sleep in a tent, which I don't do. I don't sleep well. I don't sleep well. We have the air on 71. We've got an expensive king-size mattress. I run a fan. I have two pillows. I mean, I just I have an environment in which I get the best rest that I know how to get. And so for me to put myself in a tent on the side of a mountain without my fan, without my air conditioner, without my pillows, without my pillow top king-size mattress and my 500 thread count sheets and down comforter, <laughs> it's, I'm just saying, I mean, you don't think of it that way, right? I'm putting myself in a place where I know I have been before and have been able to ingest the beauty and the majesty, majesty of God through his creation. I, <clears throat> I've never climbed a 14er, which, you know, a lot of people go to Colorado, they climb the highest mountains, which are, you know, 14, 3, 14, 5, that many thousands of feet of elevation, and they do these hikes, and and, you know, they get to the summit of those mountains and they, you get to see this 360 view of mountain range and sky and creation and lakes. I mean, there's waterfalls and lakes and rivers and green and rock and mountain goats and mountain lions and bears that I hope I don't run into. But you're just out in creation and there's no distraction. There's, there's not a cell phone ringing. There's not, you know, an email dinging. There's not a phone pinging. Here I am, Dr. Seuss now. There's none of these things happening and you're able in that place to really just take your mind off of things and behold God's glory. For some people it happens in the mountains. For some people it happens on the ocean side or on the lake side or even just stepping outside and sitting on their porch and and listening to the birds and watching the squirrels and, and seeing the leaves sway and the sunlight, the sunlight glisten through the treetops and, and a cool breeze hits your face. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of things in creation that can remind us of who the Lord is and, and what he's created and how amazing and how awesome he is. And the amazing thing about creation is that it's all around us and we can't escape it. It's here, it's there, it's everywhere. And even if you're in a room by yourself, you are still with God's creation because he created you. We can't escape the things that God has created. And so you don't have to travel planes, trains, and automobiles to get to different places to see different things. We could even, you know, there's something about even going out into the backyard and, and picking a blade of grass. Or I don't know if you've, if you've done this uh, so I've had to do some work around the house recently, which required me to go outside, get down on my knees, and get into the dirt with my hands. And getting down and just along the house and, like, you know, maybe pulling some grass back or doing whatever I'm doing, um, you see 
that that ecosystem that's invisible to the naked eye, and there's roly-polies, and there's earthworms, and there's ants, and there's beetles, and there's spiders, and mosquitoes, and it's just this this ecosystem, right, that exists on a on a micro level that you have to get down in it to see it, but it's there, right? And so even just noticing those kinds of things, in Proverbs it says, consider the ant, right? There's wisdom in looking at God's creation and not just looking at it, but considering it, contemplating, and then asking for wisdom or insight or knowledge or revelation and saying, God, what do you want to show me about the ant, right? That's what Solomon did in order to write about the ant and its hard work and its diligence. It's not like Solomon's sitting in his castle, right? At some point, he was down on his knees or someone brought him an ant and said, I brought you this ant, right? Like, at some point in time, Solomon, from all of his, his even from all of his sin, <laughs> from all of his wealth, from all of his wisdom, from his ruling, from everything that he was doing, at one point, he had a moment to consider the ant, consider God's creation, and find wisdom and understanding from that. So it's all around us. It's everywhere. Right, let me just read this to you because I felt a bit poetic as I typed it out earlier today. It says, uh, we have the ability to refocus, and the Lord has given us all things in this world to remind us of him. Can you see the Lord in a beautiful sunset, or when gazing upon still waters on a calm day, or even in the power and presence of an evening summer storm? He's all around us. He's in us. We can take that moment, consider him, and refocus to our helper, our father, our God, our true love. Hebrews 12.2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And so David wrote, again, going back, what does he do? He says, I lift my eyes towards the mountains. He was, he, he was maybe in a place, feeling a certain thing, going through a certain time, who knows what those emotions were? But in a moment, he says, I'm, I'm going to look to the mountains. I'm going to look to the hills. And as he looks and he gazes upon their majesty, he maybe he sees the peaks. Maybe at that point in time, I mean, David was a ruler. He was a king. I'm, a sure, I'm sure he's ruling from a high place. And so in a high place, to have a vast view over the kingdom of which he ruled, he sees the mountains, but I also believe that even beyond the mountains, he probably saw the clouds, or he probably saw the sun, or maybe it was in the evening, and he began to see the, the stars come to life. And it's not like they had the lights of the city uh, hazing out the majesty of the, of the night heavens. He would have had a clear, clear view of that night sky. And so whether he was gazing upon a sunny day, a cloudy day, a sunset, or the heavens in the evening, there was something about him turning his eyes and looking and saying, where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. The, the, he made all this. If God made all it, right? He, no weapon formed against me will prosper. You know, who can come against me? Who can stand against me? Right? And if our God is for us, then what can stand against? And all it took was a moment, right? It's not like he went and got in the corner and prayed for 12 hours for God to 
enter and God, meet me in this place, God, and my 12 hours of prayer or my 14-hour worship service. Just in a moment, I'm going to lift my eyes to the, oh, let me look at creation for a second. Let me behold, let me consider. Man, our God is good. Where's my help going to come from? The, the, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Like that. What else do I need? Right? What am I trying to do for myself? Where else is my help going to come from? It's from Him, and He's, he's more than enough. Creation, <clears throat> there's all sorts of bits of creation. You know, we get, uh, we get the creation story in Genesis, and it talks about how He did this and He did that, and that's all amazing. But it's not in Genesis where it says that He breathed out these stars. And it's not in Genesis where it says that He holds the waters of the sea in the palm of His hand. Right? This isn't, it, it, it's not in, in, um, in Genesis, it's in Job actually, where God is saying, do you know where I store the winds and the rains? Have you been to the storehouses of, of the wind and the storms? Right? We get more bits of creation in God and what he's done and his power as we, we look through scripture. It's weaved in and out. It's all over the place. But the, the concept remains that where can we go that we can escape, right? I mean, have you ever even just considered like the palm of your hand or your fingers, right? You get blood through your veins or air in your lungs or a heartbeat or the system, that the, this uh, respiratory system or the autoimmune system, right? Or the lungs, the heart, the brain. The, I mean, have you, I mean, what have we considered just... The, the intricacies, but also the wisdom and the power and the understanding behind those things. And God has created us not to worship those things, not to, um, not to chase after the created thing, is what in, in Romans 1 it says, that they went ahead and chased after and lusted after the things of creation, not the creator himself. They're meant to be a mirror, a reflection. They're meant to show attributes of who God is. And so we, can we redeem the earth? <laughs> can we redeem the creation in our lives and choose to look and see in a way that we've not looked and seen before? Can we take a moment and consider, as David considered, I lift my eyes towards the mountains. We can be like David and we can say, I looked to a blade of grass, or I stopped and embraced a gust of wind, or I took a moment and I inhaled, I inhaled the, the sweet aroma of a fresh rain, if you're into that kind of thing. But can we do that? Can we find hope, and can we find our strength, and we can, can we find our help in the everyday creation that God has made that is there for us. His signature is on it all. Where can we go? Right? Oh, I just don't feel like God is near. Well, why don't you go sit under that tree and look at the bark? (laughs) Or consider a branch or pick a leaf and stare at it. Or pick up a rock. You know, when I was in Hawaii, I I went and I was on the the seashore. (laughs) I was on the beach. It's funny that nobody calls it that, right? We're going to the beach. I'm going to the seashore. <laughs> Same thing. And so I remember sitting in this water and, and the sand, you know, there's different kinds of sand just kind of all over the earth. I've been in uh, one, two, three, no, two oceans. 
And I don't know if you call the Gulf of Mexico an ocean. <laughs> but I've been in the Gulf and I've been in the Pacific. And I don't believe I've been in the Atlantic, but I've been in the Pacific Ocean in California. Right? That's west. I'm getting that right. Am I getting my oceans right? <laughs> I should know. We sing oceans all the time in church. I should know which oceans are which. So I've been on the beach in California, and the sand on that side of the Pacific Ocean is different than the sand in Hawaii. But I remember sitting in the ocean, and I, and I purposefully, I reached down and I grabbed the sand and I pulled it up, let all the water run out, and I shook it out. And you just look at it, and there's bits of shells, seashells. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff in there. But what I noticed is that the, the sand there was kind of a, a bigger kind of pebble, almost. But they're not jagged. They're smooth because of the water and the waves. And just over time, they've been smoothed out. But you open, I mean, you, I looked at them, and I couldn't, and there's no way I could have counted, number one, how many grains of sand I had in my hand. But they're not like little, it's not like taking fine ground salt and then picking up one speck of salt. It's, they're much bigger than that. But there was so many of them, and they were all different colors. I just remember looking at them, and, and then I just remembered when the Lord said to Abraham, I will make your descendants like the sands of the beach. And so when I thought of that, I thought, you know, I don't know that he meant number. Well, he meant number. But I also think that he meant of all different kinds. Because when I looked at that, it wasn't just one kind. We're all different colors. And I just remember having that revelation when I took a moment, pulled up a scoop of sand, and I just looked at it. And then the Lord just gave me a revelation. I mean, how easy has he made it for us to connect with him spiritually by engaging the physical. Like we talk a lot about spirituality, right? And spiritual, I mean, it's, it's a mystical thing. It's this, it's this invisible God who's revealed himself to a physical man, but everything is spiritual for God created from God's spirit. He created physical from spirit. And so all of the physical, why would it not have some sort of spiritual essence to it? It has to, because it came from nothing. Right? It, it formed out of nowhere. It's a, everything is a miracle. The, the genesis of all of creation is a miracle. And so even when we look at a blade of grass or a tree and a human being, like the, we're all from God and we're all here because some supernatural power manifested itself into a physical creation. And it's all around us. Right? And man has taken what God has created and we've repurposed it and you know we've done different things with it. But even down to its purest form, a tree, a branch, a leaf, a grain of sand on the Pacific beach in Hawaii, it all is signed by the Creator God and we can see Him anywhere. And so I want to challenge us to lift our eyes and do it in whatever way we need to do it. But the main thrust of what I'm saying tonight is, is refocusing. In a moment, we can refocus. Again, it's not just, you know, I have to get in a room for four, for four hours. If that is good for you, and that refuels you, and that brings you close to the Lord, by all means. 
But I don't want us to ever think that we have to work for the presence. I don't think we shouldn't have to work for wisdom. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. God will give without finding partiality. Right? He'll do it. God, show me this blade of grass. Give me wisdom. You know, and he'll show you. I mean, how do you think people know things about things? It had to have been revealed to them at some point. Right? In Scripture, it's like, consider the cedars of Lebanon. Somebody's looking at the forest and being like, yeah, there's God in that. (laughs) Right? So, I think it's amazing that when Jesus showed up on the earth and he speaks to the storm to calm it, he's able to... um, He's able to walk on water, whether or not that's like him doing some sort of like spirit float kind of situation, or if he knew how the molecules of water worked and he just repurposed them to hold his weight. As he, I mean, who knows, right? Like, who knows? But he had power over it, right? Because he made it, he created it. And I think that was him revealing himself as creator God, saying, I have control over all of this. It all submits because... It, it, it was made by me, through me, and for me, is what Scripture says about all of creation. Jesus was there right in the beginning, and all of creation was made through him, by him, and for him. And so before I lose my voice, I'm going to pray for us, and, and uh, we'll call it. Sound good? All right, Father, thank you. <clears throat> thank you for your revelation, your wisdom, your understanding, and your guidance. I just thank you for how you're at work in our lives and how you remind us constantly. And God, even just from, from one, from one little verse that says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. There's so much wisdom and understanding and application packed into that one verse, God. And I thank you for bringing that forth for us tonight, God. And, and maybe even just, um, instilling a little bit more of a, an appreciation and a love for everything that you've created, God. And so, God, I, I pray that you help us uh, to just in, enjoy, enjoy creation, enjoy the cool breeze, enjoy the, the green leaves and the sun shining through. And um, God, help us, help us to just engage that more so that when we engage that, we engage you. And so, Father, thank you that all of creation is an invitation to see you and know you in a deeper way. <laughs> the world is one big invite into experiencing the pleasure of knowing the Creator. The Garden of Eden, Eden means pleasure. You created a garden for their pleasure, and you met them there. And so, Father, we thank you that this entire earth is now filled with your glory. It's filled with your Spirit, and we can meet you anywhere at any time because you're with us, because you sent Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And he didn't leave us as orphans, but he sent the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the comforter, the helper to be with us and in us. And Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. Jesus, you said that you would not, um, you would, that you would always be with us even to the end of the age. And so I thank you that you're with us by your spirit in us, but you're with us because your creation is all around you and it reveals your glory to us. And so help us to engage that in a new way with a new appreciation. So, Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.